All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Hello again, and welcome to Primitive Screwheads Talk Horror Movies. I'm Screwhead Dan. And I'm Screwhead Andrew. And we are here once again to dissect, dismember, and discuss a horror movie of the week. Today's horror movie is going to be the 2009 vampire movie, Daybreakers, starring William Dafoe and Ethan Hawke, uh, with a special role by uh, Mr. Jurassic Park himself, Sam Neill. So, Andrew, before we get into the movie, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. I think we, we just finally got our uh, first few days of sun after. I don't know if, we're, if you were your was the case, but because of that Hurricane Elsa, I guess, like, we had rain straight for, like, an entire week, which is great for the lawn, trying to grow grass, but was, like, hell for doing anything outside. <laughs> so, it's, it's finally gotten warm again, and, like, sunny out, which is great. Yeah, no, it's pretty nice outside. We've been having a lot of scattered thunderstorms down here in the Carolinas. I was in Richmond for most of the week for work, though, but... Uh... Yeah, it's been scattered back and forth, all in all in all. Uh, now it's getting a Predator watch. Uh, any new Predator memorabilia? <laughs> so uh, Dan knows this, but I recently just uh, spent $100 on a six ninety nine uh, Predator book <laughs> um, because it was really hard to find, and I got kind of drunk one night, and I got a notification that it was slightly on sale. So I bought it at $100 on sale. Um, and it, it's actually it's written by um, the guy who wrote... Uh, Jeff Vandermeer, the guy who wrote uh, the, the novel that Annihilation's based off of, so the, the Southern Reach trilogy. Ooh. So it's written by him, which is why it's such a, apparently it's like a, just a really well-written book. Uh, I love that movie. Yeah, right? So, I haven't read the book, but I've read the movie. Uh, or I've, I've seen the movie. I've only read the first book, but it, it was pretty good. So like, I'm excited because it's like a competent writer. Not to say that the other writers aren't, but like it's interesting to see, uh-huh. a, see a writer who like isn't known for writing these uh, kind of work for hire or these uh, licensed uh, you know, materials. So that's pretty exciting. Um, but you know, th- Did you ever read the original Halo books? God, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I did. I read the first four of them. And this is just kind of going off of what you said. The first book, Fall of Reach, is actually pretty good because it was a prequel about Reach before the actual video game came out. And it dwelled into how Spartans are created and Master Chief's history. And it was actually a pretty decent book. But the second one, The Flood, is a retelling of the events of Halo 1. And it is probably one of the worst books i've ever read i'm not even kidding some of the chapters are just like master chief went into this room and threw a grenade then he went into this room and shot these three enemies then he ducked behind the boulder then he went ahead and he did that like it's literally a word-for-word retelling of the actual game and i don't mean the game story i mean just the actual game it's it's terrible it's absolutely uh, terrible there's a there's a novelization like that of um alien isolation that came out a little while ago and it was very similar, um, but that, but then they also just cut out so many things that didn't make sense because they cut it down so much. And I think uh, the author at one point admitted that they never actually played the game. <laughs> so like, great, great novelizations. Because uh, like the parts that were great is that these flashbacks of like Amanda Ripley, like just trying to basically trying to figure out what happened to her mom. And these little segments of her growing up and like you know some guy kind of baiting her with information about the Nostromo and her like giving him money to like find out and then him like you know running away with it essentially and like. Those little back scenes are great, um, but then the actual like novelization, you're just like, what the fuck is going on? Because um, I played the game again after I read the book, so it got me excited for the, the game again, and then I was like, oh, this is wrong. Everything in that book was wrong. <laughs> Everything's wrong with Alien. But you know, speaking of franchises, um, have you seen uh, Black Widow yet? I have not. So I have it uh, preloaded. I am ready to watch. I think I might do it tonight or tomorrow. I finished. I I had a choice. I could either see Black Widow or finish up Loki yesterday when I got home, and I decided with Loki. Ooh, so. what did you think of the Loki ending? Um, I don't think we should get into the spoilers, but I just want to say I think if it's setting up the big bad for this next saga in the MCU. I like that idea. Oh, 100% is. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Nah, yes. That, that's what's so good about it. And it's also setting up for the possibility of my boy Tobey Maguire to come back, because now there's no reason he can't. No, he just, exactly. He's got to come back. they got to bring back the tubes. Uh, I saw a great meme exactly. on the internet, and somebody's like, I think that everybody's forgetting that if Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and um, Tom Holland meet up, they'll all look at Tobey Maguire and be like, yo, is that shit coming out of your body? Like, what the fuck is that? How, do you, how is their web coming out of your body? <laughs> that's Holy so shit. gross, man. Right? 
<laughs> Good point. Yeah, that'll be really a weird discussion. Like, I got bit by a by a spider, and it gave me spider webs in my veins. Question mark. Oh yeah, we just we just made it on our own. The big. Like, that seems uh, kind of fucked up, dude. The big. Like, yeah, we're actually like super smart and like scientists. And he's like, oh, I uh, I'm a reporter. That, that's oh god, that's that's all I am. Holy shit! I never had to use my brain really in any of these movies. <laughs> Uh, fuck. Oh, actually, I can't remember how he got into hang out with Dr. Ock in uh, the second ones. Maybe, he, maybe they do go with his science background. But I feel like we're just told that he's a nerd. I don't remember. Because he looks like a nerd, and that's about the nerdiness that he has. Uh, meanwhile, Andrew Garfield, so, like, yeah. looks like a skateboarder, but actually kind of acts like a nerd. And they're like, he's too cool for school. Get him out of here. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Sam Raimi, and if we, uh, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon on this front... Speaking of Bruce Campbell, I introduced my girlfriend to um, Army of Darkness uh, the other week. Ah, and she loved it. And she was thoroughly entertained. That's all I can say. Wait. Now, she was actually very curious because she was just like, where did the name of your podcast come from? And I'm like, hey, Army of Darkness. And she's just like, what's that? And I'm like, oh, God. So we just, I just decided to skip ahead to Army of Darkness. I don't think she would like Evil Bad too much. Well, but I will say, was that. I'm pretty sure, actually, I saw the same same way. I'm pretty sure I originally saw Army of Darkness first at my friend's house. He had, like, the Boomstick Edition, uh, the, the, the older one, not the new modern DVD version of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that's how I first watched it. Which, again, we probably need to do that movie at some point, <laughs> just given the name of the podcast. Probably. Or, like, yeah, maybe do one a year. Yeah, I don't probably. Know. Bruce Campbell, I'm so sorry. He's, he's listening to this podcast. He listens to it every week, just hoping that that's the episode. He, he and his chin. Even when it says, like, Daybreakers, he's like, maybe maybe they're tricking me this time. Maybe <laughs> maybe this is actually the Evil Dead episode where they're going to, you know, praise my glory. Um, which I, I was thinking, uh, I think, remember last summer we did the theme of School's Out Forever, and we did, like, mm-hmm. all the school movies, or four of them, I think. That's what it was. I feel like since mm-hmm. we started with Josh Hartnett and now we're on uh, to um, Ethan Hawke, we should just do like the summer of sexy men because like, I, you know, the, I feel like this, there, there's a category of movies that are just vehicles for these men who are pretty attractive in these kind of Hollywood blockbuster zombie like horror movies, but then maybe don't Hot have Boy the biggest summer. careers. Hot Boy Summer. Exactly. I dig it. Exactly. <laughs> I, think, I think we need to find more of these. Like I'm trying to think of who the, who the next guy would be who had, who's a pretty well-known actor has done some good things, but isn't like isn't like Tom Cruise, you know? Isn't like isn't like the genre actor, like you know? Neither, neither of these two are big genre actors in these films. Mm-hmm. Well, I can tell you who's not hot: vampires. What? Because because they they have no body because they're dead. Fuck off. <laughs> just just leave. <laughs> So let's get into our movie for today, which is 2009's uh, Daybreakers, which, if you have not heard of this movie, is a vampire movie. But uh, this one's a little bit different than your standard ones. This is actually in a society where vampires have completely taken over. They have vampire cities. They have uh, pharmaceutical companies that are basically just utilizing human bodies to collect blood from them as a food source, uh, very much like the Matrix in terms of the machines using the uh, humans for energy or whatever it was they did. Was it energy? I know in a draft it was like energy. It was for blood. Right? They were, they were, oh, the Matrix or this? In the Matrix, yeah. In the Matrix, yeah, humans were batteries, yeah. Yes, that's right, yeah, because I remember like in one of the original drafts, it was just like they used them for like their cerebral processing or something like that, and I couldn't remember which one it was. It's been too long since I saw I that think one. it was supposed to be. But yes, in this movie, oh. yeah, they use it up for, um, they use them for blood and that sort of thing, and it deals with uh, our main character, whose name is, shit, I had this pulled up, uh, not Ethan Hawke, His but name's Ethan Hawk. played by... Uh, yes, it is Ethan Hawke. William Defoe's the other guy. Uh, Ethan Hawke plays a vampire who has a little bit of a change of a heart, meets some humans, uh, and kind of gets roped on this whole quest to figure out the cure for vampirism, vampirism, and deal with society on that front. So my history with this film, I actually did see when I came out. Uh, I was in college at the time. Uh, home for one summer. I remember I saw it with my one friend who saw like every single movie coming out ever. That was literally our entire friendship. He would call me up, say, "Hey, you want to see a movie?" Sure, I would go, and then he'd be like, <laughs> "Okay, bye," and that's it. 
Um, but I do remember I thought it was a pretty interesting premise. Um, there were some scenes that really stuck with me for a while, but overall there was just something off about this movie that I couldn't quite put my finger on the very first time. And seeing it again, I think I have a little clearer picture of my opinions of it. But overall, Andrew, what do you think of Daybreakers? Uh, same boat. Same boat. <laughs> Sounds exactly what, what you just said. Like, I... I... I, I also saw it when it came out. I'm pretty sure, um, you know, it was an Ethan Ethan Hawke's pretty good at the time. He'd been in good movies. It was that like nice kind of underworld era where vampires, these kind of vampires, were sleek and cool. Um, but yeah, and I I do kind of want to over uh, under overstate that again. Sorry for interrupting, no. but this was in the Twilight era. Like vampires were massive during this age, and I remember when I was seeing this movie, there was a little bit of backlash to vampires just because Stephanie Meyer put vampires forefront in the cultural zeitgeist but not you know the cool vampires uh stuff like that so there there definitely was some vampire fatigue when this movie came out yeah when did 30 days a night come out again uh fairly similar to around this time yeah because this is 2009 i think 30 days and that was 2008 it was it was in the same like within a year or two if i remember correctly okay yeah because I, I thought i was just thinking about that like not only the order that we just watched them but to me, this is such like a step back from Thirty Days of Night, and like in all the progress I thought Thirty Days of Night made, um, that I didn't. Yeah, I thought I, I didn't love it, and I, and I think at the time I didn't love it either. But I kind of like over time thought that I maybe did, or like, like you said, kind of I enjoyed the premise. Um, but yeah, watching it again, I it was kind of painful at times. I'm not gonna lie, it was it was not an enjoyable <laughs> yes. to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So do you want to dive right into it then? Or do you want to talk about like specific instances in the movie, that sort of thing, or general summary? How do you want to go about this? Well, I think, I, I, think I think you gave a great general summary. Um, but I guess kind of like just in terms of, actually, yeah, let, let's, let's hop into the, because uh, you're, I think you had a great summary of the plot earlier. So I think it's good to hop right into the cast at this point. And like, I think some of my highlights yeah. coming out, uh, my highlights are kind of general plot elements or general, you know, that kind of stuff. So I'll save that for after. Okay. Yeah, sounds good. So our main character is uh, Ethan Hawke as Edward Dalton. And like I said before, he's a hematologist who studies blood. And he's kind of one of the project leads in terms of trying to devise an artificial source of blood. So the human race that's currently dying out um, will not take the vampire race down with it. They'll be able to find an alternate source of blood. Uh, because there is, at the very beginning of the movie, a massive blood shortage, and by the end of the movie, there's just there's no blood left for the rich and uh, except for the rich and powerful, which is a very very thinly veiled metaphor. Um, yeah, such a bad. Ethan Hawke, or not Ethan Hawke, uh, William Defoe plays Elvis, who is a former vampire. But in a reveal fairly early on in the movie, uh, he's discovered a cure to turn himself back into human, a human by just complete dumb luck. Yep. Um, and the two of them kind of meet up and go on an adventure to figure out what they can do with this information while evading the people who are searching for them. And then Sam Neill plays the evil, evil pharmaceutical big bad businessman who just wants to get as much profit as possible before the world ends. Yeah. What okay so so th- these characters are like first off William Defoe as Elvis do you remember what El- Elvis's full name was? Uh, I do because I'm looking at the Wikipedia entry right now, but no, I do not in the movie. His, like so, his full name was, so it was Lionel Cormack. Yeah, Lionel Cormack, and he's back up by Elvis, and it's not like that's his middle name. He just says that's what people call him. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, wow, this stupid, so, stupid thing. That's dumb as fuck. <laughs> um. I, I feel like it was just so he could make Elvis quotes, which he did a couple times in the movie. But I feel like they could have tied that in in a better way. I don't know. It was it was like a weird. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really ham-fisted. Um, but yeah. So, like, I feel like it, just talking about the main characters, uh, what did you think about Ethan Hawke's character within the film? Like, did you like him? Did you dislike him? Did he feel like a character to you? He just felt like a vehicle that was just kind of pulling on forward. His big conflict is just the moral clause between... Um, you know, helping out the humans and finding a future for the vampire species 
where at the same time settling that with his job as a pharmaceutical company and then also to his brother who is a human hunter he's a vampire who apparently was a bit of a fuck up when he was a human but now that he's a vampire he is super strong and really really good at hunting humans so the two of them that that's his main conflict i thought he was a very basic character did he th- um was it, did he, he definitely felt like a vehicle kind of driving the story yeah did he have a conflict though like I, like the thing I didn't like about this is I think it could have been interesting with a conflict. I, I I'm trying to think. I know there's a movie that is like that where like there is a subclass or something that appear that the guy who is you know part of the you know that the can have can, part of the do have group part of the bourgeoisie group and he there there's another movie like that where there's a guy who's part of the haves and he, he bumps into the have nots at some point and you know it shakes his world up. But in this one, we meet a guy who already doesn't want to drink blood. He isn't drinking blood already. That's why his ears are getting pointy. He's doesn't drink blood. The people like, he doesn't like. He's offered blood freely, and he's actively trying to make the um, fake blood so that humans won't be, you know, hurt. Uh, so it's 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 such a weird thing. So I don't think he goes on a character journey or anything in this movie because we meet a guy who already doesn't like it from the beginning, and we never see him change. So like, like he that said, that is true. It, so if it was just if it was just him going with the company and going against the company, I would agree with you there. But they really do hammer on the fact that he has a conflict with his brother. And I think that was just supposed to be the stand-in. So I would say the conflict with his brother is the his big moral dilemma. And they both kind of tie into each other. But it's not even like a conflict with his brother. Like, his brother doesn't care. Like, I, I not, like he doesn't care. He doesn't think, like, oh, I'm going to fuck my brother up. Like, he blames his brother for what happened, for become, him becoming a vampire because he didn't want to become a vampire. But, like, I, I felt like... The conflict wasn't really, like, a thing. Because his brother just kind of randomly shows up and is like, yo, I'm crashing at your place, bro. It's, it's like, mm-hmm. it, I felt, like, like you said. Which was just like, hey. I, I feel like there are plot elements to this that could have worked really well. But I felt like Ethan the Hawk's character was just such, like, a, an audience vehicle to observe what's happening. Like, I agree. Think about it. Like, he, he's a hematologist, right? How cool would it be for this whole blood thing to actually have, like, been important? Because the only reason the hematologist blood thing is important is at the very end... He's like, oh my god, you know, if you drink the blood of a person who was healed by vampirism, he was vampirism was healed, then that blood is basically a vaccine because it's you know introducing the body to the cure essentially. Um, mm-hmm. That's like the only I guess blood conclusion he makes, but it's not like he looks under the microscope. He's just like, oh, I saw it happen. Okay, cool. <laughs> like <laughs> the hematolog. I think that the, the idea of a hematologist in a vampire story, and that's being our main character, could be really cool and interesting. But it it felt like nothing happened with it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was it was really weird. Like I felt like especially for Ethan Hawke, who I really like as a character. Um, I don't know, and it, it's also weird too. You mean like a, as an actor? Sorry, yeah, he's a real actual person. No, he's not. Right no, Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke <laughs> is a is a fiction. His real name is like George Smith, and he's he puts on a costume and goes outside and pretends to act in movies. Um, they recorded him for ten years for Boyhood. Do right. It was a movie that took a whole like ten years to make, won all the awards and shit. Anyway. I like that movie. That was a good movie. Um, uh, I saw that in Korea, actually. I think. Um, yeah, I think I did too. But anyway, yeah, um, um, yeah. Didn't, didn't love that, and I, I don't know. It, it was. I felt like a lot of the characters in this were just really bland because I think he was the good guy. They were all very one note. Yes. Uh, Elvis was the um, you know the the awakened individual. He's the John Galt of the situation. Uh, girl was girl, like literally, I don't know her name. <laughs> yes. She's literally just girl. They they like each other because they're Audrey Bennett, which again I only know because I'm looking at the Wikipedia entry right now. I would not be able to give you her name if you put a gun to my head. But yeah, Honestly, I already forgot it. Like the and Sam Neil was just Sam Neil and evil as fuck. Um, like yes, like the, the I'm gonna ruin my own daughter kind of thing. Evil. Uh, the only character who, yes. who I actually thought was interesting was the brother, because <laughs> he actually develops. And, like, he, we learn about him. Like, he is a, a conflicted character who knows what he's doing is kind of wrong, but feels like this is the only place he belongs. And, like, he's, he should have been our main character. A, a character in the enforcement agency, that should have been the main character. Oh, I, I'm thinking of, thinking of the Black Mirror episode, I think, um, where the soldiers go around and their, their vision's clouded so it makes the people seem like they're monsters. 
Oh yeah, the men uh, in the fire or something. Yeah, like that. Like that, that, that kind of makes me think about it. like it's that uh-huh. it's that kind of story. Like I think that would have been great, and I, and I love the opening or not the opening, but the revelation at the end. It's not a revelation. Like you know, you always kind of assume that he wasn't because even Hawk presents him turning as like his story being a dick. His brother's like, "I'm a vampire. You should be a vampire too. I'm gonna bring you to my level." So he bites him. But then what he says mm-hmm. is like the brother at this conflict is like, "No, I did it because I wanted to save you. You fucking idiot! Like that you were gonna die. I needed to save you because you would have just died." if I hadn't bitten you. Like, I, I thought that was a nice development for the character, and it shows why he's kind of awkward around his brother because he forced him to do it, but his brother doesn't appreciate what he did. Like, he was the main character to me, and the fact, like, and that would have been a great movie. Um, But yeah, I think otherwise the characters are one note. Because I, I know we, we want to talk about characters, but I don't think any of them are worth talking about because they don't do anything <laughs> other than maybe him. Yeah, definitely. Um. Gotcha that. All right, so I think it would be a good idea to kind of, like, dwell into what we liked about the movie first, and then we can really, really go into what we didn't like, because I have a feeling the former is going to be a lot smaller than the latter. Yeah. Do, you want, do you want to kick it off? With, All right, cool. What's, what's, your, what's your like? Yeah, absolutely. I If nothing else, like, I think it is an interesting film. The premise is really good. I really like the world building that they did. Some of the aspects are dumb as fuck, don't get me wrong, but I... I, I do really like the fact that, for example, when they're in the cars, not only do they have a day mode where they completely black out all the windows and then just use uh, cameras instead to navigate, but if you notice that there's one scene where Ethan Hawke is looking in his rearview mirror, and because he's a vampire, he's not going to see his reflection, so there's a little camera that's displaying what's on there. Um, so I like little touches like that. And then, of course, we had little touches like the blood in the coffee, which I thought was dumb as fuck. But, uh, yeah, that's that's something else, too. Um, I did really like the world building. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like the progression of the vampires in terms of when they didn't have blood, they slowly got more and more deranged, and especially with the pointy-ear aspect, like when the characters... At certain points in the movie, they haven't drank blood for a while. Their ears become more pointy, and the characters actually call them out on that at one point, saying, hey, you need to drink this blood, otherwise you're going to go feral. Um, I did like that as well. Uh, yeah? Uh, yeah no, no, I, I'm in the same boat as you, I think. Like, I think yeah, the world building is the most interesting part. But again, I think it's it's flawed. Like, I think, so in the beginning, uh, we get this opening scene with these really bad credits. It's really, like, uh, with, like, the names appearing on the streets and shit. Um but we, we get yes, little flashes. I did like the opening scene. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought, yeah, there's mentioning flashes. Like, one of them is about how a bat started this. That's the theory, at least. That a bat started this. Is this a precursor to COVID? Who knows? Um, but there's a bat that started it. <laughs> uh, and there's a thing about how, like, humans are getting the option to, um, to kind of come together. But I think the idea that this society got overtaken by vampires and, like, people just accepted it so quickly, that seems like a really interesting movie to me. Like, I would love to see a movie about a human resistance and trying to fight this thing that's occurring, this fad that's going through, um, and then being overtaken by it. Um, I think that'd be really interesting. Uh, and then my mind immediately goes, like, as I said this, and my mind's like, oh man, I think somebody could make that and it'd be an anti-vaxxer story about like every, the herd mentality of everybody <laughs> turning and then like, wow, that, I'm, I don't know. okay, so anti-vaxxers out there, if you guys want to make a horror movie, that's your pitch um, about vampirism. Uh, everybody's accepting vampirism because it makes them healthier and you're worried about the effects. There we go. Boom. Anti-vaxxer movie. Done. You're welcome um credit me but uh so that's interesting um but i thought there were some nice little touches like you were saying um the i thought the, the tubes between the big sky rises was cool the skywalks like all covered up and stuff i thought that was a cool thing so that makes yeah. sense um and like i liked there's a scene where at the beginning ethan hawk sees all these kids smoking and shit and he like gives them a weird look and then you realize oh yeah these are vampire kids these are fucking like 50 year olds in little kids bodies <laughs> so of course they're fucked up and like acting weird um so i thought that was a fun little touch and i also yeah and i like that too because like the very opening scene where the girl kills herself because she just can't stand to be a vampire anymore and she looks like she's what like 10 11 years old Mm. and just thinking to herself that's the way you're going to look for the rest of your life i thought that's that was a pretty good bit of world build a a great way to open this movie did you think that was going to be um alan grant's son do you think that was going to be uh the big bad guy's daughter. I mean, that's why I, when, I, when we first hear about his daughter, the daughter who didn't agree with vampirism, I thought that's who I thought was that was going to be her. Um, mm-hmm. But then it wasn't. So I was like, oh, okay, that was like kind of pointless. Like it was a cool opening scene, but also kind of pointless. 
Um, <laughs> I, I thought it did a good job setting the mood of the, the the somber mood of this, and I think it was a great cold open. I, I, I did enjoy that. Yeah, I suppose it connected to something a little bit in some way. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm trying to think, was there anything else I really liked? And I suppose at this time, too, because we're talking, we're getting a little bit close to Dangerously to Spoiler Territory, um, I, so I, I think... I think you can spoil, I think... This is the point, yeah. This is the 2009. Okay, so... Even in this warning. Even in the movie, this movie's perceived future, time has passed. This movie takes place in 2019, yes. the future. And That's true. We are. <laughs> we're there. So yeah, this is your spoiler warning at this point. Um, overall impressions. I would say recommend Daybreaker as an interesting movie. Just expect to be really, really dumbfounded by a few stuff on that point. And I think Andrew, who really disliked it, so uh, yeah, he's not going to... I'm not going to recommend it. This is, I think, one of the few ones I might say I don't watch it. <laughs> Just not not because it's it's like bad, but just because I don't think it's interesting enough. I think there are other things you could watch that are bad but interesting concepts executed well. Mm-hmm. If you like, if it was this or Thirty anyway. Days of Night, go see Thirty Days of Night. Just I agree. immediately. Um, so spoilers in five, four, three, two, one. Another scene I did really like is when the uh, daughter of Sam Neill is being dragged out in her death scene. Um, I did really like that one because I think that was a great character building moment for the brother. And I thought that was pretty done effectively. Uh, That was one of the images, one of the scenes that really stuck in my head. That was one of the things I vividly remembered when I looked back on this movie. Other than that, yeah, I really, there's not much else about this movie I liked. Yeah, like I I like the attempted allegory and the attempted message of like, you know like classes classism and like how you know people with more with more means are more are able to access things that uh people who can't can't and as a result people who can't end up turning to more aggressive means sometimes and that like these uh vampire slum subsiders as they call them like are kind of are a product of the kind of you know, humans achieving more immortality is throwing these people under the bus, essentially. And only the people, only the mm-hmm. truly these people who are wealthy can get that. And like, I think like you said, that scene of the daughter driving the daughter out is like a nice scene of like, some people's solution. They're like, oh, what do we do with the homeless? Just take them out of the city and do what with them? Here, the solution is yes. kill them. Uh, and so that's, I think that is a very interesting, um, interesting thing. Because yeah, it's, it's, implying that, like, it's implying that they do this often. This wasn't just like a one-off like, we're going to kill the subsiders. It, it's something that they do. It's like we see subsiders getting caught in the movie often. And so the idea is that basically they are being caught and killed. Um, mm-hmm. So I, that, that that's an effective concept again. I just think it could have been a lot better executed. And I think that's just kind of this movie in general. You ready to talk about the stuff we hated? Go for it. You started it off. Uh, the cure <laughs> for vampirism. So vampire, you, 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 I, I guess to be infected by a vampire, you have to be bitten by a vampire. Yes. And it started out a cross species with a, initially a bite from a bat. To cure yourself of vampirism, you have to set yourself on fire and then after a certain amount of time, douse yourself in water. Uh, not only just fire, it's just you have to stand in the sun and then douse yourself with water. Um, yeah, I, I, I get that, you know, it's fictional and all of that, too. But I just, when I saw that was the cure, I was just like, this is this is dumb. This is really, really dumb. But also, like, like I, what's, like, what, like, sorry, I, you know, like, if you ever read um, Richard Matheson's uh, I Am Legend, like, the science behind the vampire is so interesting how they explain it, which is really, like, they explain the common tropes. And all I can think of this movie is, like, what is vampirism in this movie? Because, like, mm-hmm. I could understand it. Again, the hematologist explained vampirism is a virus that dies by UV light exposure. So, exposing yourself to the light, you know, maybe it causes a certain amount of combustion, so it kills the virus inside your body. And so you need something. So if you do that, if you expose yourself to the light, it kills them, this explosive kind of thing happens to the virus. I don't know, they whatever yeah like, i could understand that concept but they don't go into that and they don't like he covers up half his body with a fucking wet towel when he when he gets burned so like, it can't be current killing all the virus in his body like what's and then like his heart is actually stopped and it starts his heart up again like what the fuck like how is but then it can also be transmitted by blood to blood so like are we implying then that your body like your body now fights let's it off no, no. like it's a vaccine at that point let's get let's get it let's get into that as well so not only after you're cured Another big twist near the end of the movie is if you're if you 
bites a human that has been cured of vampirism from this specific method or from a vampire who's been bitten by that it, it, it just it's a chain reaction sort of thing uh then it cures you as well so um later on in the movie um sam neill um bites ethan hawk who has been cured at this point of vampirism and he gets turned back into human accidentally because of that and that's how he meets his comeuppance and it, it, it just it raises so many questions it's really dumb and it leads to that Probably my most hated scene in the entire movie, you know, the lobby scene at the very, very ends, where the soldiers basically have that big mass the massacre each other. It, it's also like, are, first off, are all the soldiers so deprived of blood that they can't contain themselves for like a fucking minute? Like, I do believe that because that is something they were establishing, like with the coffee shop attack and everything like that. Well, they, absolutely, they were, I but these are soldiers because they're basically star- these are like private soldiers. They're basically starving at this point. I feel like that. Yeah, they're, no, they're, they're starving at this point for a collapsing society. I, 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 I can believe. But that. every soldier, there wasn't one who was like, "Nah, I'm good." Like literally, every soldier does it. So every like, there's not a yes. corrupt soldier like, uh, like because our 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 brother soldier, he fucking like has this route to get fresh human blood when he wants it. Like, come on. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was yeah. I guess I could say that. That's weird. But yeah, it, it just seems but weird. I, it's, it's like again, I, I just I want there to be some logic I, to it. Go ahead. Sorry, no, I want there to be some logic to the vampirism in this, especially like they fucking okay. So again, when when some vampires in this die, they don't just light on fire; they fucking crumble to ash. How do you stop that from happening? What makes that happen? And how does shooting them? They, they, in this movie, they also keep with the idea that if you stab them in the heart with a stake, they also explode into fire. So, like, what yeah. are these, if this is a biological thing where you can solve it with science to the point that you have, like, you know, hemologist or whatever, that's from a book series, a hematologist, <laughs> um, like, <laughs> how how do you explode into fire? How does stabbing them in the heart explode them when their heart, we've established, is not doing anything? How is, like, the, the vampire rules they chose to keep and leave are very confusing to me. Mm-hmm. And just like the scene at the very beginning of the movie where they're trying to put the artificial blood in that one vampire to sustain him, and it's this whole big scene where you think it's going to work, and then all of a sudden the body just fucking explodes. Like, I thought that was dumb, too. It's just like, all right, so here's our gore shot for the trailer. Yep, but also, why does he explode? It's, it would be like drinking... Yes, it's, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's like uh-huh. drinking motor oil instead of drinking blood. You'll get sick from it, but you shouldn't explode. You just have the wrong shit in you. <laughs> like, you should you should not obtain nutrients for it. Did they fucking put, like, kerosene inside there? Like, what the fuck is... How did he blow up? <laughs> also... Exactly. Like you said, it's... It, it, they're very inconsistent. Also, why an IV? Why not fucking just let him drink it like you would normally? Isn't that how that... Like what? Did did they inject human blood into themselves? No, they fucking drink it. Let them drink it. Like what? Maybe we just had the runs or something. Like maybe that was the problem. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, that was that was dumb as fuck. Um, yeah. Okay. So yeah, vampires in this was stupid. Uh, also, I said this about Thirty Days a Night. What I what I was like, remember in Thirty Days a Night? And I was like, oh, it makes sense that they don't wear um, that they only wear black because they, they you know reflection and whatnot, right? It absorbs light. Genius. Everybody in this fucking, every vampire in this wears black, but there's no reason to. Everything is black in this. There's no reason for it to be because they all fucking wear white as the alternative color. So, like, if <laughs> if you're worried about that, you should be wearing white underneath your black or like on your shoulders and stuff. Like, everyone's wearing white. And I get part of Ethan's Hawk's transformation is he goes from the black suit coat to the black vest with the white shoulders. Like, ooh, transformation. Um, but nobody in this fucking movie wears color. Like, no vampires do. And it's really, it doesn't make sense. Like, at one point, one of the, um, uh, well, it's called fashion. William Defoe, look it up. he's just like, this is a fucking ugly apartment. And you're like, you're right, it is a fucking ugly apartment. You guys have been here for decades, and you have, like, fucking ass ugly apartments? Why? Like, like, <laughs> I, like, my, you know, I've been alive for a long I am, and, like, I have curated my book collection. I have my Predator book collection, my leather-bound certain novels and stuff. Like, I curate my things. And these guys fucking, like, live in, like, apartments that like they bought with the furniture that came included in the ikea ad like what like it the world didn't feel lived in at all and i get it's supposed to be this weird like overruling subtle place but like vampirism doesn't take your emotions away from you it doesn't make you not you fucking drink blood at least that's what they tell us like nothing else is taken from you unless you're not like drinking blood and you go crazy but like is everything in your life muted and sterile like it, it seems weird i don't know I guess their their love of art is dead with like their beating hearts. I don't know. Like I think I think the goal is to create the contrast between the blue lit kind of 
desaturated uh, vampire world and the sepia tone bright William Defoe world, but like, it, I don't know. It, it felt over the top to me. I don't know. It, it it did. There were a lot of parts where it was just like, okay, we're gonna go focus on this aspect of the world building, but then we're gonna completely neglect this stuff. It it all. There were parts that felt very half-assed, and I did want to see more of it because, like, the concept definitely interested me. I I was drawn to ooh, what's going on here with uh, you know, the world building. I I, I like the car aspect of it. I think the cars were pretty well fleshed out, but the rest of the world not so. Yo much, yo wait so. wait were the cars really well fleshed out though? Okay, what's your problem with the cars? Polarized glass exists. That stops UV lights. <laughs> Polarized glass definitely exists in 2009. It stops UV rays. All right, like, damn. He can, you got he can me stand there. under a fucking tree outside in the sun and be okay. So Yes, I hated that so, scene. I was just like, really? really? Why do you have these three fucking monitors when you can clearly just put polarized glass there? Like, what the fuck? Like, I, what? <laughs> Look at this advanced technology we have. We have cameras and stuff. And like, what? Oh my god, that was so fucking dumb. Like, what? Okay, so to be fair, is it the UV light or is it the actual light itself going through? Like, is the UV rays for vampirism? It has to be UV light because they use regular lights inside. I guess that's true. Yeah, right. They don't okay. fucking and like it. It and also, why do humans not use UV lights as weapons? They use, like, at first I thought they used exploding crossbows, and I realized, no, apparently everybody has impeccable aim, and their crossbows are always sticking in the heart and causing them to explode. That's why that was happening. Um, I thought exploding crossbows would be much cooler, but I get it. <laughs> but, like, I feel like mm-hmm. there are things to do in this situation. And, like, the humans who go in off and get humans run away with them in the middle of the fucking night, you don't, you don't, you don't go and get, t- save humans in, in the daytime when vampires can't chase you. You go in the night when they can get you and they literally walk up to you in the fucking field <laughs> idiots um mm-hmm. oh, so, so many dumb things uh also so i know we talked about blood coffee being dumb um but did you see the one vampire animal we got in this movie uh which one was that the vampire chimp <laughs> they they experimented they experimented on a, a vampire chimp to give him the fake blood and it's literally just a picture of a chimpanzee and i clearly just drew a fucking tooth on him <laughs> Like the one single vampire tooth he has, um, but that means that means there's like a whole host of options. Like, so did somebody bite this vamp? How did this chimp get the fake blood? Did you like? Did you bite it? Like, did you bite him to make him a vampire? Are there other vampire animals out there? Are there is a vampire rats? Are you people eating rats to get blood? Is the blood compatible in that way? Like, I have so many questions. So many chimp questions. Also, the guy so, who, so who injected the needle. And I wonder if that was like a. Yeah, I wonder if that was a thoroughly, uh, thinly veiled metaphor for the current pharmaceutical industry as well. Ooh, if, if so, they did a terrible possibly. job, like everything else. Um, yes. <laughs> but also, uh, <laughs> at one point, even Ethan Hawke's injecting the guy with uh, the blood. Uh, there are clearly air bubbles in that um, syringe. I'm like, dude, you're going to fucking kill him with an air bubble. <laughs> like, I know he doesn't have a heart, but like, come on, man. What are you doing? If, if, the, goal is to, like, if the goal is to show that he doesn't can't need to care about that, make it more obvious. But otherwise, I'm like, Ethan Hawke, you fucking suck at injecting people. There's an air bubble in that, that, in that, uh, in that needle you're, still, you're getting that guy with. Um, exactly. But here, so yeah. this is kind of a topic of uh, what the fuck. What do you think about the subsiders? Like, other, you know, they, I thought the Nosferatu-ish look was a cool throwback. But in general, what, thoughts on them? Because I hated them. I thought they were dumb as fuck. Okay, so I'm sorry. One more time, the subsiders. Yeah. What do you think about them? That, was that is that like the people on the subway at the very bottom? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Holy shit! Is that why they're called subsiders? Because okay, so like, they're on the side of the subway underneath. Is that fucking why? Could be. Yeah. I was just like, what the fuck are you talking about? No. So you're just talking about the subplot with like the coffee shop and the subway and everything like that. No, no. The, the, the subsiders are like the the turned vampires, the the, the bad vampires, the the, the animal vampires, the, the bat. The, the man bat vampires. The, the, okay, so the ones that have progressed, the feral vampires yeah, is what you yeah, say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, gotcha. Is that what they call yeah, them? Yeah, they call them subsiders, I which I, them I, I would love they call uh, them that gosh. because they live underneath the subway. <laughs> that would be amazing. Because <laughs> that's when we first introduced it to them. Uh, so. Yeah, that's right down there. I mean, I do like the aspect of there has to be some sort of consequence of not drinking blood and not enough, um, blood enough. And I do think, you know, having a more scary, fer- feral version of it, like de-evolving, basically, that made... I, I was okay with that, honestly. 
How about you? I just wish there was some like so. I, I think them turning more Nosferatu like like the pointy ears and stuff was cool, but I think then it should have gone more into the emaciated Nosferatu look. Because like the thing that it loses me is that they get bat wings, they can fly, they can run on the ceiling, and I'm like, what? How, how did they gain that power? Like, <laughs> and like is that is that basically like you drink? Like, here's my okay. Again, if this was the if they explain this in the movie, I would love it because it explained a little bit better. Because again, they're talking about he, uh, hematology and blood. If they needed the blood to sustain their body's human component, and that when they lost that blood they drank, any whatever, you know, uh, whatever's inside the blood, like maybe it's like the, maybe they use the T cells or something, the white blood cells in that blood they drink to fight off the virus more so they don't turn full bat, because remember it came from a bat. So I could understand that. That could be cool. And like it's basically this fake blood they need not only to drink, but also to stave off infection. Cool. But if this movie is this, that they get so fucking hungry that they devolve into bat creatures, it's fucking, I, I, it's dumb. I don't know. Like, he, uh, I think it looked bad every time we saw it. Every time we saw one of them, like the one, and they fucking love hanging on the ceilings. Um, but anytime we saw the little the subway scene of them running past each other on the ceiling, it looked so fucking dumb. It looked like, I don't know. I, I like more the idea of the just the feral crazy vampires. Like I would like it if they turned more into the into the um, Thirty Days a Night vampires as a consequence of this. Just so you know, like a hungry person doesn't gain super strength. They become you know like they they, they you know like an addict trying to go after what they, they want. They typically get worse at whatever they try to do because they have less energy. Yeah, that makes sense. yeah. The fact that these guys became super strong and the fact that I didn't see more of them, like and and recalling this movie and i because i knew that there was the scene at the end where vampires attacked and stuff and you know and the, and i knew that um alan grant got taken over by mauled by vampires at the end but in my mind i'm like oh clearly what must happen in this movie is he goes in like somehow they release the subsiders who were in, in capture captivity and they wreak havoc like you know basically the idea that you know these rich people get eaten by what they created great you know great idea right but they really don't do much other than being carted out there they, nothing really they, they don't they're not really that big of a problem in the movie like there's the one in the beginning yeah but at the same time they do say it's making it worse like I think during the home invasion attack at the very beginning they tell ethan hawk yeah it's beginning worse there's been more sightings in this neighborhood so they're not an immediate threat but they definitely you can kind of feel society collapse it, it, it's another symptom of the collapse of society yeah i, I, just, I would like to see that come become more apparent because right if society is collapsing towards the end of the film right then the movie they start off like end of the month we're gonna be out of blood everyone's gonna be fucked and we're you know i, I assume we're yeah and there should be more feral vampires like outside on the city streets yeah right like, like at the very like end they the should movie. be taking yeah, people out of the end like they should be part of the retribution that occurs on the city that it just neglected them um the only thing i'm thinking of is that if the goal is again to um villainize the bourgeoisie and uh you know paint a uh what's what's the word a, a picture where you've sympathized with the subsiders having them maul people to death at the end is kind of like saying like that homeless person's dangerous it's, it's so I, I could understand leaving that out because it would create that correlation of like you know so i i get that but it just felt like they they were probably one of the more interesting concepts of the of the movie and they were much like the hemato- hemo- hematology thing was kind of just dropped by the wayside, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, makes sense. Uh, any other thing I have here? I feel like I just keep going off on a lot. Let me see. Uh, that's okay. This is kind of the mood for that front. I think that's pretty much in terms of my quote. That's pretty general opinion of my movie. Okay, I, I got... I got Of the uh, movie. I got a couple of real What's quick up? ones. Real got? quick ones. Okay, okay cool. This is my, my, my speed round. Uh, fucking girl cutting her hand... To give the guy to give Ethan Hawke blood. Why Every do they always cut their, hands? To cut their hand? Like <laughs> fucking right. Like why would you? That's the worst place to cut your. Like it's it's not going to heal well. You're going to be bleeding all the fucking time. It's going to hurt like a butt. You can't you can't grab anything. Like why 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 does every like cut your fucking like the side of your leg or something where it doesn't really matter and it's not going to do much to you. <laughs> or like you know do what Naruto does bite his fucking thumb like some something like that. But they always they grip the blade they slash it down. And I'm like wow you're fucking. Like, also, it's a terrible way to get blood. Like, what? Maybe your hand bleeds a lot? I don't know. Like, it's just fucking dumb. Like, you could have just bit yourself a little bit and have him, like, suck on your finger or something. Could have been sexual. You could have loved it. It could have been great. But, I don't know. That was dumb. Um, all right. Let's see. Uh, other stupid thing. Oh, uh, William Defoe's. It's like bareback in a $5 whore. <laughs> yes. That's, that's how he described being lit on fire. 
<laughs> burning from the inside is like barebacking a $5 whore. Uh, Listen, I barebacked a lot of $5 hookers in my day, and it is nothing like being set on fire, which I have also done as well. <laughs> like, I guess, like, maybe like maybe it's, like, the fire that occurs in your in your groins as you, like, you know, become infected with whatever was in that. But, like, I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's weird-ass comment. Um, <laughs> okay, other, other stupid thing. Uh, they go for these air fermentation tanks. Like, let's make this really complicated and use an air fermentation tank to suck the oxygen out of the room to douse the fire when Ethan Hawke gets fiery, right? Or just fucking push him into the water like you did, the, like it happened the first time. Like, why are you trying a new method when you know the first method is what did it? Wouldn't you go back to the original method and be like, maybe water, like what if water had some other component involved in this? Why, why would you make this huge complicated thing when it's like, now nah, guys, get a tub of water, get him, have him stand in the light, jump in the water. Wet blanket, like, good to go. Bam. bam. Like, like that, that's, why, why would you vary from that? Dumb. Um, mm. Next dumb thing, the guys are all riding it. The caravan of humans are going, and one of them gets tranked. And instead of being like, well, they have trank guns. Let's get in the fucking car and just keep driving and, like, you know, try to lose them somehow. Because they're clearly, they're on, they're every, all the vampires are on foot with trank darts. Like, yeah, they, they tranked one of our tires. Great shot. But, like, it's not going to, not likely to keep happening. Instead, let's all stand on one side of the car and get shot by tranquilizers. Like, what the fuck? Like, why, why do you make mm-hmm. bad decision? Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. Any more? Romance is dumb. Didn't need that. Especially since she had absolutely zero character whatsoever. Oh, yeah. Zero character. I don't know why he had felt like he had need to protect her. There's nothing going on. Also, he is established. He is in this movie. It's been 10 years, so he is... Uh, 45 in this movie. I don't know how old she is, but he's, you know, he said that he's been, it's, he's, he's had celebrated his 35th birthday 10 years in a row. So he's, he's 45 at least. Uh, so if, you know, just so you know, he doesn't look that, as old as he is. So could be, you know, kind of creepy. Um, okay. Last one I have is, oh, no, okay. my last note is just why exploding hearts? Why are exploding hearts? What's going on? Why are their hearts exploding? <laughs> so I think, I think those are my what the fucks. Yeah. Um, Yep, yep, yep. There's a lot of them, but you know. All right, cool. Well, that is Daybreakers 2007. I personally, my vote is watch the movie. There are some interesting concepts, especially if you get a bunch of people together and just kind of make fun of it the whole time. But definitely be prepared to be frustrated with it if you think about it too much. Uh, Definitely, I think Andrew agrees with me on this front. Watch 30 Days of Night if you want a vampire movie before this one. Any final thoughts, Andrew? Uh. I've like asked this question a lot, but this is one that I really thought, especially how shittily this movie ended. Where would you go from here with this movie? But what, 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 where would you go with it? That's oh, another thing too. The the movie, the ending, just kind of just like eh at that point. It kind of peters off. I mean, really, they have the cure. They have the way to solve it. It's really just trying to distribute it to other people as well from that front, and that wouldn't be a very interesting story in terms of getting the logistics efforts and moving forward from that front. Where would you uh, continue the story? So, like, there was asked this partly because I like originally when I was looking up stuff, apparently they originally were planning to do a second one. Uh, I don't know anything about it. For me, I think the only place this could really go is like that priest movie, where it's basically um, in the future. A lot of humans, you know, a lot of vampires have taken it. You know, have, have taken the cure because like, well, fuck this life. That was stupid as fuck. Why do we do that? Terrible idea. Um, and you know, maybe they could you know use some of the effects to produce medicine. That could be part of the, the time jump and like the society rebuilding by using like a regenerative medicine but i think the movie would be about a, you know a back to a kind of back to basics vampire movie um where they're hunting the, the remaining vampires because there maybe are, are sections of vampires living out who want to be immortal but as a result are picking off human beings so it becomes like a containing these small elements of you know people who want to maintain this lifestyle essentially i think that's what it yeah and i could definitely movie. see that yeah and i could see um this being a some people want to remain a vampire some people want to remain human yeah and there's a big conflict between the two on that front well i think that'd be also interesting so they, they i think they could even make that action movie like of, you know going to hunt him down or they can make a really interesting political movie again anti-vaxxers i'm giving you guys a movie idea you're welcome about people who don't want it in a society uh where you know um they have fake blood now so it's a society where they know the threat to humans it doesn't exist anymore, theoretically. Um, so do, when that does that become a decision you make? Like, do we separate cultures? What happens between those two cultures? Like, 
that could be really interesting. It could be a very, like, and you think about it too, like the humans coming back from that, like, if you think about, like, history of colonialism kind of taking over other countries and kind of that, then pulling back humanity, taking back uh, the cities and stuff and having these kind of vampire previous oppressors who are now not doing that, that relationship could be really interesting. Like, I think that can explore some really interesting themes and, like, you know, again, that decision-making process of, is it worth living forever? Or, like, yeah, you, you know, maybe you live 10 years and you get cured, you know, like, that could be, they could play around with that really interestingly. Or, like, you know, people get hurt, people get terminal illnesses, so you give them the vampire thing and it cures them, then you turn back to human. Like, I think it, it, it leads for cool ideas. Um, which, sorry, last what the fuck? They solve the big fake blood thing off screen. They're just like, oh, yes. got it. This guy came up with it. You fucking idiot. You didn't come up with it. Wow, what a dumb fucking solution. <laughs> and like the fact that yeah, very the, anticlimactic ending. The fact that they kidnapped that scientist, you know, and he's not like, oh, by the way, I uh, did that thing you wanted. Like you didn't mention that to the humans holding you hostage who are really worried about you, people drinking their blood. Idiot. Um, okay, but yeah. So no, I, 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 yeah, I think you know there there are ways there are places this movie could go. I don't think they're going to do it, but I think it brings up interesting concepts in a world where vampirism is kind of optional. Um, and it's it's again it's it's an undoing it's it's the reverse i think either make a prequel to the political discussion that occurs with vampirism coming out or make this where again it's that debate uh where both one either one has a debate about whether or not to you know drink the kool-aid or you know take the pill take the vaccine uh you know all that good stuff definitely do you think that the covid that the right. covid and the vaccine and like the quarantine and stuff is going to create another rush of like vampire films i think people are going to go the zombie route like uh, Army of the Dead kind of did, but I feel like vampire films work better because they're still human. So if people want to make that analogy about vaccines mm-hmm. and stuff, I think that'd be the better choice. I agree. I definitely think that uh, zombies are a little bit played out at this moment, and I would love to see a little resurgence of vampire movies coming on out. But has uh, there been any vampire yeah, that's that. movies lately? I don't think so. I think no. The last one's that Dracula to that dracula reborn or that fucking movie was that tried to kick out the dark universe people were like that's a dumb idea oh that's right oh. and then they didn't and then the mummy tried to kickstart the dark universe and they didn't and now it's back to the drawing well then invisible man came out and they're like can we make this into a universe <laughs> i think they're still like <laughs> this wasn't our plan but maybe <laughs> hey if it works it works maybe Anyway, thank you so much to um, Teddy's Atlas. They did our theme song, A Horror Movie Story. You can get them off the album Children of the Court. They're good, good Canadian boys. We do not have a next episode planned. Andrew, do you got any brainstorm for us? Uh, fuck. Well, I don't know. Do we have a, do we have a theme? I don't know. Um, I think I'm done with vampires for uh, now. It, unless you can think of a really good vampire movie coming out. Dracula Untold. That's what it's called, but we're not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Dracula 3000 maybe um, do I have any I, oh, I don't know um, well you know if we want to continue with our series of vampire films with actors who are well known but maybe aren't doing as much work we could always do the Colin Farrell remake of Fright Night we could we absolutely and Anton, Yel- Anton Yelchin uh, he's great um I don't know. Is it, are you completely off the vampirism idea or vampire life stuff? I don't know. Let's let's workshop it a little bit and see what we can come up with. Okay. We also uh, 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 a listener at one point suggested that movie, The Poughkeepsie Tapes, as well. I haven't seen it. I don't know if you have. Ooh, yes. I haven't seen that one either, but I've heard a lot about it. We could do that one as well. I'm actually a little bit more endeared to that one. Uh, anyway, we'll be back at you once again in two weeks with our next episode. In the meantime, uh, enjoy and stay groovy. Bye.